It's five o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. <laughs> hit the door and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. <laughs> Okay, welcome in. Uh, nice to be with you here. Patrick Johnson on this uh, drive home on a Thursday. One week from today, Dom will have uh, Turkey Day. Thanksgiving. I'm so excited. I cannot wait. Are you a big Thanksgiving fan, Don? Is that what I'm I think it might be my second here? favorite holiday. What's your first, Christmas? I mean, Christmas. I'm kind of basic with that, but who doesn't love Christmas? But Thanksgiving has got to be my se- I mean, football, food, family, what's better? All right. I'm Kosulke, ladies and gentlemen. I think we're going to lose. We're always winning, Dom. Did you feel, how did you feel about the hoops game last night going in? I, was, I felt pretty good. Yeah, I, I wasn't. Brandon Johnson was, was announced that he was not going to play. I, I felt a little. Sai started to get worried, so then I started to get worried. I went up to the press, the press box, or, you know, it's not really a box, but I went up there and I saw the starting lineup. I was like, man, it's Brandon Johnson not playing. That is not good. It's going to be a lot closer than I was expecting. I, I did think we were going to pull it through, but obviously not. Yeah, uh, great run at it. RJ Felton uh, with uh, over 30 points, and RJ is the uh, first ECU player since 1989, Theodore Blue Edwards. To score thirty points in consecutive games. Wow, I was, and, I was uh, that. Sorry, I was going to yes, say I, I didn't realize he. Um, that was the first player to do that, but I I thought I was he had done that two games in a row, and I was going to mention that it's crazy how great he's playing. And then Brandon Johnson, the first game, didn't he hit that thirty point mark as well, or was he at twenty nine? He had twenty nine in the first game. Okay, yeah. I was yeah. thinking we might have had three. But here's the question, Dom: In nineteen eighty nine, you were not even born. Not even thought about. Not. <laughs> Not even thought about yeah. it in 1989. Here's the better question. How old were your parents in 1989? My parents were a little bit older when they had me, so I, I, if I can do okay. some math, I'd say 1989 is 27 was when my mom was and 24 okay. when my dad was, I think. Okay. Quick math. I'm a com major for a reason. There you are. That's That's true. Uh, so the great Dom Kosolke is uh, producing. I today. think we're going to lose. We'll have a sports update coming up. No, look, uh, it, it, and there's not. We're not going to break any new ground here today on any of this. You can't play that kind of defense against really good guards and and win the game. Uh, you can't. The Brandon Johnson thing. You know, we noticed it as he was sitting there in street clothes, and that doesn't happen unless. Uh, there's some kind of uh, situation that, uh, you know, did they know about it? I, I guess they did since it was a sickness. It wasn't like he tweaked a, an ankle or anything. But that's a situation where uh, you still have to make some adjustments. Your bigs aren't quite there yet. Uh, Pinedo is uh, good in spot duty, but uh, I don't think he's quite there yet as far as a guy that could start in certain situations. Uh, but just the guards have got to be better. And, and the other thing I'll say is this. I don't know if it was cramping. I don't know if it was just continued some leg injuries. But Bobby Pettiford, uh, who I, I think is fantastic in the team, when Bobby is going and Bobby's feeling good, is is a much different team. 
I think as long as Bobby Pettiford uh, is going to continue to to have, you know, the the injury bugaboo or, or have cramps like he, he was having, whichever it was, uh, that it's going to be problematic for uh, this team because Pettiford frees up so many other people because he's a natural point guard. Not a great score, didn't have a great sh- uh, scoring night, but I think a lot of his shooting issues are he hasn't practiced a whole lot and he, and he again, he's got some leg cramping or some leg, uh, you know, tweaked or something, and and that obviously affects your shot in the game of basketball. Uh, the free throws, I mean, you make three more free throws. You know, it's always funny. I You know, team goes 10 for 21. If we'd made our free throws, well, you're never going to make 21 out of 21. But in a case like this, you lose by two points. You make three more free throws or one more three-pointer because the Pirates didn't shoot it well from three either. Uh, you you win the game. And Dabunje had a tremendous look at the end. Great hustle by Ezra Asar. And uh, the Pirates had a look at the end. It wasn't what you want it to be, but, uh, you know, as far as, you know, everything going on with, um, you know, what's happening with um, uh, the, the way that the game, how it came down to. But, I mean, it was you know, something that you could look at and say, you still had your chances. Uh, Let's hear from Mike Swartz now. Uh, This is what he had to say in his opening statement immediately following the loss. Hit it. Obviously disappointed with with the outcome of the game. Um, You know, a lot of respect for Coach Dickerson and their program and their players. They deserve to win the game tonight. We didn't do um, the things that we needed to do to win. Uh, regardless of if that shot goes in at the end, you know, I don't, I don't think we played a game where, uh, you know, we did the things that, that, that is winning basketball tonight, uh, particularly on the defensive end. Turnovers, uh, particularly early in the game with turnovers. And then uh, lastly, obviously, we didn't, we didn't take care of what we needed to on the free throw line. And uh, more from uh, Coach Mike Swartz. Uh, afterwards, he uh, was not happy with the way his team played defense on the ball. Biggest thing right now is um, we didn't guard the ball. We didn't guard the ball. I mean, we knew coming in that Broad Knox and Bailey, really good downhill drivers that could that could play off the bounce. Uh, we've seen them do it versus South Carolina versus Vanderbilt. I mean, they had Vanderbilt down double digits in the first half. And they had us down double digits in the first half. Um, just off the bounce, getting downhill. Um, I don't think we did a good job containing the drive. And uh, the slow start that East Carolina got off to, they were down 13. Uh, Mike Swartz on that. If I had to point to one thing, uh, it would be the absolutely ridiculous turnovers uh, in the first seven, eight minutes of the game. When you just give the ball to the other teams and you just throw the ball out of bounds and make plays like that, you give a, a spirit and a confidence to anybody. We would get, if another team was just throwing the ball out of bounds or just giving up possessions, and obviously we missed Brandon in terms of our fluidity of our offense to start the game. He does so many things for us, but it shouldn't affect taking care of the ball on basic basketball plays. Uh, You know, we played a couple guys in different positions, obviously, tonight because we had to because of it and uh, because of not having Brandon. And it didn't work out so good because we turned the ball over, you know, and then so when we had to shrink the lineup again, now we were fighting a short bench 
in, in the second half, and that's ended up what ended up happening. But I think the turnovers probably would be my number one thing thinking about it to start on why we didn't get off to a start that we needed to. Yeah, East Carolina did not take care of the ball very well. This is uh, – he talked a little further about the rotation with BJ being out and how the substitution pattern uh, kind of went down. Hit it. We ended up playing Val. We played Val at the, at the five to start and moved Ezra to the four. Allowed Ezra to play on the perimeter more to start as opposed to Ezra where he's playing more mid-post and, and what he does. That was one. It shrinks your bench quite a bit. I mean, Brandon's 30 to 33 minutes a game. And Brandon can play the three, the four, or the five for us. So that is gone. And now you have, you know, obviously we played Sear Malanga. Very uh, proud of Sear and excited for him to get his first opportunity to play. And we're going to keep developing and he's going to keep working hard. I like some of the things Sear did. Um, you know, Val, you know, Val has played before. Val has played before. And Val, you know, had, and came in and, you know, we need, we need Val to continue to develop and, and do what he does. I thought Caleb came in and, you know, I, at one point we took, I took all five guys out of the lineup. I took five guys out and we put Evan in, we put uh, Sear in, Val in, I think it was Ben and Caleb. I think that's who the five were. And I thought that group did a nice job, you know, looking at it. I think they were plus one during that segment. But um, careless turnovers from that first group is where I'm disappointed right now. And I think that leads to the confidence and the downhill ability of the other. I mean, you play with house money when you keep getting free possessions. And we kept giving a good offensive team free possessions. Uh, Coach Swartz on uh, not rebounding or not making free throws when Upstate erased uh, the deficit they did after the Pirates, uh, I believe we're up six, was their largest lead last night. We took a seven-point lead with nine minutes to go. Uh, we fought back and took that, and I give Upstate credit. They kept staying. They kept driving downhill, um, and they, they, you know, they beat us driving the basketball and us not guarding the ball. That's my number one takeaway as I look at it. I'm not pleased with the defensive rebounding. They had 13 uh, offensive rebounds. Brandon's a big piece of that too. But they beat us off the bounce, number one. And then we turned the ball over and didn't do things that you have to do on offense. Turnovers and free throws. Uh, uh, last one from Coach Swartz here. He talked about uh, the stretch of games coming up starting uh, Sunday at 2 in the uh, MTE against... Uh, Northeastern. We knew today's day was going to start a uh, stretch of four games in six days. So we got to recover tomorrow and we got to get right back at it uh, on Friday as we get ready for Northeastern on Sunday. And then you go Sunday at two, Monday at six, Tuesday at six. And this is a, a tournament style play. We're going to have to learn from this, get ready for Northeastern. And that's where all our focus is. And, you know, we'll start doing that tomorrow somewhat with their bodies and then we'll get going uh in practice on on friday all right uh let's hear from a couple of the players uh, both career highs for felton and ezra azar and this is rj uh talking about focusing on scouting the other team and playing good defense as a team wise we got to focus on um, on like scout and all that kind of stuff locking in on um, on the opponent um i say um that um it's, it's more like more like individual, like one-on-one, take part of one-on-one defense. Mostly take part of um, defense as a whole, like having each other back on, um, on defense. Uh, let's hear from Ezra Azar. It says they did not prepare well enough uh, to win. 
To me, it's about preparation. Uh, slow start, bad preparation. Uh, Felton on uh, not being mentally locked in. We wasn't like mentally locked in, and um, I think we just we just we just looked down on the opponent like we wasn't looking at we wasn't looking at upstate to be like oh oh that's that's upstate like 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 a top tier like blue blood. As Razar says, the uh, team's got to put it behind them and move on. It's about how to recover from adversity. Um, of course, we're gonna come into practice. We're going to look at the film, but we're going to move on. Uh, to us, this is a learning experience. Uh, we ain't finna hold this against us. <laughs> Life move on. And he talked about uh, did uh, Felton playing better on the ball defense? Uh, it's more of a, I say it's more of a mindset thing. I feel like it's more pride on defense. You got to take more pride, like guarding your man and having your man's back. That's, that's what I say. Uh, Felton on the uh, next man up mentality uh, with BJ out of the lineup. When your soldier go out, next man got to get ready. Like, like, like everybody, everybody got to learn that. Hey, when one man goes out, we got to, you got to, the main guys got to up, up their play. And the, um, the guys that's um, on the bench, they got to up their play even more. So I just say that, um, I say that um, guys, us as a team, we got to step up. Uh, and uh, let's see here uh, on the uh, working on his three-point shot. Ezra Zar hit his second three of the year in as many attempts. So there it is. That's something I've been working on. I took advantage of it. It shows if he ain't gonna step up. Oh well. <laughs> All right. Well, look, uh, a lot of positives to, to take in that uh, Ezra and Felton stepped up. But Ian Johnson was averaging 21. You can't come in and have a guy that is averaging that many points not in your lineup. It uh, it just makes a, a huge difference. But they they had their chances, and they probably sh- – well, not probably. They should have beaten Upstate. Upstate was well-coached and scrappy, but uh, you, you can't lose at home to a Big South team uh, like that if you're uh, ECU and you have aspirations of being uh, up in the American uh, near the uh, top of the standings. And uh, – You'll hope they'll learn from it and that they will uh, show out well in this uh, MTE event, uh, which starts on uh, Sunday. A uh, couple of other uh, just thoughts from uh, yesterday. Obviously, uh, they were fantastic. I think you got to get some, got to start to get a little more production out of guys like uh, Quentin Dabunje and Ben Biala. You're just not getting a whole lot out of them point wise. I think Caleb LeCount's playing hard. Uh, but, uh, you know, if you, you got to have Pettiford out there logging the majority of the minutes and, and then you've got Walker that could play the point and is probably one of your more versatile guys defensively. So, uh, you know, it, it's look, Mike Swartz and, and his staff uh, are working on it. Swartz has paid the, the big dollars and that's why he's going to, uh, to come up with a game plan, how to work around this, especially if Brandon Johnson is uh, unable to go on for any amount of time. Okay. Jim Zoki is going to join us next. We'll talk, uh, Pirates and uh, Panthers with uh, Zoke. And uh, tomorrow on the show, Shane Winkler is going to be with us. And also uh, going to be with us is uh, our pal Brian Mole. We'll talk about the Pirate MTE coming up and uh, also some of the other uh, big games going on, these multiple team events uh, all across the country, particularly here in the Southeast. All right, it is the Patrick Johnson Show, and uh, we're rolling here on 94.3 The Game, 94.3thegame.com, and the IBX Media app free for download on Google Play and the App Store. 
you ready for this? Oh, I'm very ready. Okay, ready? You ready? Streaming to the world at 943thegame.com. This is the Patrick Johnson Show. Now in all his glory, here's the P-Man. Okay, thanks uh, for for being with us uh, here today. Uh, We have uh, Jim Zoki on the line. Uh, Zoke, of course, with the uh, Panthers radio network. Uh, You'll hear the game this weekend on 103.7 WTIB. You'll also uh, hear Zoke uh, on uh, 107.9 WNCT and uh, 94.3 The Game as uh, Zoke will be on the uh, ECU Sports radio network. Jim Zoki, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well, Patrick. How are you? Doing great. Uh, what'd you do during the open Sunday for you? Not an off, not an off week, not a bye week, but an open Sunday for, for the, for the Zoke man. What did you do? Well, I got back, uh, I was able to fly commercial from Charlotte. So I had a morning flight coming back from uh, Boca Raton. So got home about 11, uh, hung out with Sandra, watched a little bit of football. She had a little bit of a honeydew list for us to accomplish while working around some football. So kind of a mixed bag, Patrick, but uh, yeah, it was not a, you know, with the travel, it wasn't a complete day off, but I'll take it. There you go. Uh, the great Jim Zoki on the line with us uh, here. Uh, you know, I think the less said about the Panthers, perhaps the better, but uh, let's let's start there because that was the Thursday game last week. Uh, and uh, it was a rock fight at halftime. I sort of <laughs> gave up on it at that point, and uh, I was... Uh, just uh, stunned to go back and read the accounts at the second half. Things just really, really, I guess, got bogged down more than they were. And uh, obviously you lose in the manner in which you lose as the Bears, you know, kicked it at the end. But uh, gosh, Jim, or, or kicked it in the third or whatever they ended up doing. Point is, Jim, oh, no, they scored the touchdown. That's what it was. It was the Panthers who missed a kick. Uh, point is, Jim, it was uh, a little bit of a root canal without the Novocaine in the second half. I thought rock fight was kind of an affront to rock fights because that's actually a sport um, that uh, probably would have been more exciting. To... <laughs> and you know, you you can walk away, like you can turn off the radio or the TV. I mean, we're there. I mean, we're we're, we're you got to stay there. I'm trapped, tra- trapped in the booth. I can't get out. <laughs> I have to have to watch all four quarters and do the post game interviews. Uh, so um, yeah, we uh, um, you know we you know here's the thing. It's not a bad football team. I mean, as you see, the defense gives up. You know, not very many points. Special team scores the touchdown. Eddie Pinheiro makes his kicks. I mean, I think 59 was out of his range, as it turns out, at Soldier Field. Maybe indoors he could do that. But um, you know, two, two out of three phases, they're good. But the offense is so bad, it's undoing what the defense has to the point where Frank Reich has reclaimed the play-calling responsibilities from Thomas Brown ah. after three weeks of not very many points, just as it was before, uh, by the way. But I think he wants a little more control of his destiny at this point. So it's... um. It's not good. I mean, they are getting some guys back this week health-wise, so we'll see. But now, you know, the timing is they're playing the Dallas Cowboys, who are about as hot as any team in the NFL right uh, now coming in. They're so good on both sides of the ball, offense and defense. So, but, you know, again, they had Chicago. They had Indy the last two weeks. Didn't beat them, so they had some softer teams to play. Got to deal with Dallas. Then they'll be at Tennessee, so that might be a little bit of a break. But, yeah, Dallas would be a, a, a big big upset if they could pull it off. I mean, what better time than, than this one, I guess, to – Show everybody that they can play winning football. So that'd be a tough one. We're talking to Jim Zoki, uh, our great friend, uh, ECU radio and uh, Panthers radio as well. Uh, Zoke, when you say control his own destiny, I mean, is, is this a one-year deal with Reich, or you just think he would rather just have that control of it 
uh, and and try to get this season turned around and get a little bit of of Mo going into the off season. I think you know he no. I, I think I don't think he's been given like an ultimatum or anything of like that. I think just controlling his own destiny and that he was brought in because of his chops as being a former in this league for a long time for being an offensive club, you know, caller plays and a coordinator for the Eagles, head coach with the Colts. And, you know, Thomas Brown had been a position coach before, and not that he can't do it, but I think, you know, things are not going well. I thought they maybe thought they'd get a little spark because the offense, they hadn't won a game before Thomas took over. They won the first game, but it was 15-13, to 13, so it wasn't really like a big offensive outpouring in that one either. And they scored two touchdowns in three weeks with Thomas Brown at the control. So I think just again, just the Frank's done this for a long time. He was brought in for a reason. Um, he's being paid to be the head coach and to be the guy that kind of oversees all of this. So I do think he wants to kind of have a little bit more control over what's happening out there. And again, it's all collaborative anyway, but uh, you know, somebody's got to be at the top of the food chain. I think he just wants that. That's back to where he was kind of in his comfort zone, I think. Right. I got you. Zoke, where, where would you put Zach, uh, Zach, Dak Prescott as far as elite NFL quarterbacks? What tier is he? I think he's in, uh, especially with kind of the aging out of some quarterbacks out of the league over the past couple years, injuries to Aaron Rodgers. I put him in that upper class, uh, whatever the, the top number of players that would encompass. I, I would probably say, you know, definitely top, um, top eight out of 32, something like that. He's playing okay. very well this right. year. He's got 71% completion rate, 17 touchdowns coming in uh, to this game. So I, I do think yeah, he's definitely in that upper tier. Uh, C.D. Uh, Lamb has uh, been the beneficiary and a favorite target this year. He's on an amazing streak right now for the Cowboys. He's like, he is the, the receiving game. I mean, he's got twice as many as anybody else on the team. Kind of a ball hog, if you ask me, Patrick. <laughs> 68 catches. <laughs> 975 yards. I mean, they're just sick. They've got a defensive back who's got three touchdowns, Patrick. We're trying to score points here. Their defense has scored four touchdowns here. they got this kid who's just, like, picking off everything in sight, and he's returning them for touchdowns on the defensive side called Deron Bland, who's in his second year in this league, and he's got three touchdowns. He's a, he's a cornerback. It's – it's yeah, I mean, and you said their defense is, is – uh, is really uh, a playmaking kind of defense as well. But now, Zoke, they have played the Giants twice. So, I mean, shouldn't those count as half wins? <laughs> yeah, I think if you do the metrics and and all that, you might have to balance it out with that. Um, but they played your last loss was Philadelphia. They lost by five. They did get blown out by the Niners, but it was earlier before they kind of got hot. And they lost to somehow Arizona. I still don't know what happened with that, but they lost to the Cardinals early this year. Uh, but they're they're good. I mean, they're they're good on both sides of the ball. Number four in offense, number three in defense as far as yards. So uh, this this looks like a really good team. And honestly, I mean, Mike McCarthy he's done a great job. He's got twelve wins each of the last two years. I mean, they take so much heat because yeah. of the Dallas Cowboys. But when you really boil it down and look at what McCarthy's done after his first year there, I mean, they've been really good. And uh, they just you know again the, the expectation is kind of Super Bowl or bust, I guess. And uh, I guess for that fan base, you expect that. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's it's kind of interesting that it is that sort of Super Bowl or bust mentality, as you say. Uh, the great Jim Zoki with us here. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to say people start paying attention uh, with Thanksgiving, but the Thanksgiving games, in a way, uh, maybe are a little more of where that casual fan starts to pay attention, if there if there is such a thing uh, when it comes to the NFL. Um, 
because it's, you know, we're getting down the stretch run and uh, those are kind of the national games, their traditions. Um, do you see Jim Zoki, anybody that is playing on Thanksgiving as being a team that can make a legitimate run at the Super Bowl? As in the Dallas Cowboys? Uh, or the Detroit Lions? Detroit Lions could be in there as well. San Francisco 49ers. I think you got three really, really good games that day. So it's Packers, Lions, um, in uh-huh. Detroit, the, the traditional early game. So, yeah, Lions are – it used to be you had to watch, and now you want to watch the Lions. Uh, Dallas certainly is a contender. <laughs> and the, the Niners just the Niners just keep adding, like, Pro Bowl defensive ends every week. The trade deadline finally hit to stop them from doing yeah. more. And they're playing a good Seattle team. I don't think Seattle, even though they have the same record as the Niners, I just don't view them. Geno Smith in the offense, she said, I don't know what's going on there. She has not been as sharp. Maybe they'll get hot. There's still a lot of games left, eight games left. And they've got good receivers, for crying out loud. Uh, but Seattle's just not put it together as far as being overwhelming to this point. But, yeah, that's that's a good little lineup of Thursday games. And, Patrick, we have, I believe, a Friday game for the first time, Black Friday game, coming up as well. And um, who is that? It's playing on Friday. Shoot. Get on that, Dom. Oh. Let us know what's going on, Dom. I'm looking for it. Uh, it's the Dolphins the... at the Jets. I knew it was a decent game. Well, half decent. Dolphins and Jets. So, yeah, that's cool. I guess they'll be competing with the college football games that are on Friday. and all Yeah, 3 p.m. I mean, that's the NFL wants to take over everything, as as, as you know, Zoke. Um, <laughs> so, so I asked you who out of that group. Who, right now, who would be your Super Bowl pick? The game. You know, who who is going to represent each side? They get Right now, as we enter the Thanksgiving week, next week. And I only get to pick from the teams that are playing on Thursday? Or no, like no, out of the whole just league? overall, overall, your overall okay. feeling. Who represents the <laughs> AFC, <laughs> who represents the <laughs> NFC? I didn't know if I was limited to like the, the six teams that were playing that day. No, um, no. I still think um, I still think the Niners, um, can, because the defense is so good, I always look at defenses first. And I still think the, the 49ers, and they got you know MVP candidate in Christian McCaffrey, I still think that the Niners – Whatever their record ends up being at the end, they'll get the most out of the quarterback play. You know, whatever it is with Brock Purdy or whatever, they'll be fine. So I think the Niners are probably the team in the NFC. And to me, in the AFC, I love the Dolphins' offense. It's fun to watch. I just I worry about um, for them. Can they hold up during the whole length of the season? All those quick twitch, soft tissue injury guys. They have guys coming in and out of the lineup. I kind of like what Kansas City has done this year. They built their defense up. You got Mahomes mm-hmm. still, but they're not using him like at full strength. Like they're, they're running the ball. They only throw to Travis Kelsey. Nobody else is allowed to catch the ball. Um, so they're doing a lot of things I think will, you know, help them in different conditions. And if they, if they needed Mahomes to throw for four touchdowns of 400 yards, he's got that in the arsenal. So I kind of think Kansas City's got it all going on. So I'll say as we sit here today, uh, Chiefs and Niners. Right. Okay. Uh, we're talking to uh, the great Jim Zoki. Let's talk some Pirates now. A little victory Saturday. Uh, for the Pirates, as uh, the defense was just lights out against an FAU team, held them 20 points below their average, and uh, just frustrated the playmakers all day long uh, for the uh, Owls. So, first of all, how was the, how are the digs there in Boca? Uh, the digs at the hotel were nice, uh, very nice. Uh, and, of course, you're in Boca. So well, I'm, like at the, I'm at everywhere. the press box. Press box. box was okay. I would say standard, standard fare. Um, it was okay. like um, I would I put it, you know, a, a, a solid B. Uh, so I thought it was nice, but uh, I, I don't like. Um, 
like the windows don't open. It had like these smallish windows near the top that open, so you could get a little noise. But you've you've done enough games too. I don't like doing games where it's like an enclosed glass because you can't really hear yeah. and feel the game and it's all that. Good. So you always feel like you're screaming yeah. when you're talking normal and you know, that kind of thing, like you're bothering people. But um, <laughs> it was fine. It was okay. I will say uh, they they had the. I'll, I have to add this. They they had the water under lockdown until an hour before kickoff. And then it was like the amount of water that I actually have in my refrigerator here at home. So they were very stingy with the waters and the drinks. And then the food was just, a, just like a box sandwich lunch kind of thing. And it was just it was just mid. It was just okay. So again, not complaining. Okay. Uh, just you know, you asked for a report, so I'm kind of giving it to you. So it was yeah, like no, that's lunch. Fine. I, I, it's hard I, I, to get by the, the water thing. It was it's it's 85, and and you can't really find water. I think that's a problem. But it, other than that, no, that is uh, a nice problem. Yeah, that's people. yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, what uh, defensively, what stood out to you the most? I think the sacks, first of all, because if you think back a few weeks ago, the defense was playing really well in terms of yardage, but now we're seeing more of those explosive plays. And I think, you know, they can get there with four, but I think kind of dialing up more blitzes and being more aggressive, um, maybe to help the offense out, you know, try to do things that are a little bit more and beyond. So we're seeing that now. So I think that sack total is starting to rise and, you said it. The whole key of the game was Wester. I mean, this guy comes in leading the nation in receptions, and the guy wasn't even being thrown to in the first half. I mean, that's how much they blanketed him. If you think back to when they played down at um, at Rice, you know, same thing. Was Luke McCaffrey was coming off this huge game, like 200 yards the week before, and you never even heard his name in the first half. I think he finished with three catches, 44 yards. And then same thing with Wester last week. I think he had 30-something yards, so... You know, I, you know, Blake Harrell's a genius. I mean, they just know how to take yeah. players out of games, take teams out of what they're comfortable doing. Um, and, of course, the players are doing the job. I mean, they really, you know, at times double teaming. <laughs> I think the last row was triple teaming. Wester just knowing that they're trying to get the ball to him. But, again, I think the pressure on the quarterback, Richardson, was key to a lot of that, getting him uncomfortable back there, too. Hey, uh, Zoke, when you uh, watch or when you talk with Blake Harrell and you've gotten to know him this season, what, what about – Blake Harrell's uh, impresses you. He, you know, all coaches have this. First of all, but just the the amount of like study and film study and how much he goes into detail. I mean, they he looks at everything. I think he just goes back to their high school tape to figure out what some of these players do individually. <laughs> like he doesn't miss a trick, and he will find the nuance or whatever that is the thing that will eliminate a big player or, or find the the Achilles heel of whatever offense they're playing up against so he's just a, a master at chess and just trying to figure it out and unlock the puzzle of what the other team is doing of course you know we'll talk about this obviously but a completely different thing with navy coming up this week and what oh, they yeah. faced yeah. i mean so they couldn't be more polar opposite and, and but they've been working you guys have heard the press conferences they kind of reiterated today they've been working on this since august you know navy they've been working on since august spending sundays on it uh getting ready for this one it's a whole different kind of animal than what you face the rest of the year and while these coaches are familiar with it, because, of course, you know, Blake's been in it, uh, Mike Houston's been in it, being at the Citadel, being in these games, having won up at Navy two years ago. I mean, they, they understand it, but try to relay that to the players in a way that, you know, they can understand what they're in for, that it's a really different kind of offense. That's a one-off for them, but these coaches have been through it, so they have, they have great familiarity with it. Well, you you brought up Navy, so let's, let's go there. Um, they're also running a little bit uh, – of, of shotgun this year. Uh, so who knows what kind of look ECU defensively is going to going to get as that secondary look or what they might throw out as a wrinkle on uh, Saturday in Annapolis. 
Yeah, they've introduced the forward pass uh, to their offense, and they've added uh, tight ends. And they, <laughs> it's a revolutionary <laughs> they, part of the game. <laughs> they have. They've expanded the roster and the, the menu. Uh, so they, are, they threw only 10 times last week, but uh, Xavier Arline was at uh, times playing slot receiver earlier this year. So I would expect now that he's got a couple, two games under his belt, they might look to throw it a little bit more. He's super fast, so he's certainly keep an eye on him as far as tucking it under and running it from the quarterback position. But you know, on average uh, through the season, they've averaged about 15 pass attempts per game. And so, you know, that doesn't sound like a lot, but it's a lot more than they used to do. And it's just, I think, mostly to keep teams honest. Uh, what they'd like to do is some short passes, although they had a 45-yard post for a touchdown last week to uh, Regis Velez, who's their tallest receiver. Uh, so they, they'll try to trick you with that. So they, it's run, 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 and then mm-hmm. play action throw. And, of course, running the triple option as always, but the, out of that, so many different looks now include some throws out of that. So you got to be ready for that. I mean, and so that's going to be like, yeah, a lot of the work's going to be done up front with the front seven defensive line. But in the secondary, I mean, you've got to be ready for, you know, the explosive big plays uh, when they come in the pass game because in a game where they're not scoring many points either. So neither team scores much. Both want to go some ball control, two really good defenses. You know, any big play uh, could be a disaster. And so you got to be really clean again on special teams like ECU was last week. And, and you know, things like Patrick, as mundane as it sounds, picking up a couple first downs field position-wise yeah. uh, could factor into, like, keeping another team out of field goal range, just things like that could be huge and which should be a low-scoring game. Let me ask you this really quick, Zoke, as we go uh, go out here. Uh, just back to Andrew Conrad and uh, – you know, he, he, if kickers are in the zone, he was in the zone on uh, Saturday. Yeah. He's great. I mean, that was, and that was, you know, think back to Charlotte. Uh, he missed a 24 yeah. yarder off the upright and a 48 yarder. And coach just, you know, said, I've, I've got confidence. We're going to come right back to him. He's going to fix, you know, his, whatever his plant foot issue was on that day and thought he was dealing with some wind that really wasn't something he had to deal with much. He's been terrific. Ever since then, he kicked, you know, the, the long one in the dome at San Antonio. And then he's been just, you know, really good ever since, you know, that's your game, quite honestly, uh, hit the 51 yarder uh, down in San Antonio so for the year 16 out of 22. And you love that. I mean, obviously conference player of the week for a team that doesn't score a lot of points. And I, I know everyone's frustrated. They, they want touchdowns. They want sixes, not threes. But if, if you could stack as many threes as he did and win a football game, you take it. At least you were in scoring range. Granted, they were going for some things on fourth down that were turnovers on down and kind of gave you good field position there. But you know what? He capitalized on every opportunity, and nothing was under 40 yards, as we know. So it's like uh, just a terrific performance outdoors uh, to kick like that. I thought it was fantastic. Hey, Joe, uh, Zoke, uh, great job, and uh, we'll talk to you. Uh, uh, well, I don't know if we'll talk to you next week. We'll see. If not, we'll talk to you short, shortly thereafter. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll we may around. see you on the pregame the following week. Yeah, we'll talk to you. Yeah, we, All right. we got, the good, holiday, got the little holiday next week. Have a good. If I don't talk to you, have a great Thanksgiving. We'll catch up soon. You too, buddy. All right. Take All right, care. Thank you. There Bye. he is, our pal Jim Zoki. Always great to talk to Zok. Uh You can hear him uh, coming up uh, this weekend on our stations, 107.9, 94.3 The Game for uh, ECU football. We'll begin our coverage at 9 a.m. on Saturday. And you could hear from uh, Zoke on uh, 103.7 WTIB when the Panthers play the Cowboys Sunday. Right now, uh, Dom Kosolke with a uh, sports update and Pirate Report. Dom? ECU at Navy on Saturday. It's a noon kick, and the coverage starts on 94.3 The Game with the Bushlight Pirate Game Day countdown at 9 a.m. and on the IBX Media app. ECU basketball played USC Upstate last night and lost in a thriller. 
Quentin DeBouge had a chance with the final shot but couldn't knock it down from the corner. Here's what head coach Mike Schwartz had to say after the loss. Obviously disappointed with, with the outcome of the game. Um, you know, a lot of respect for Coach Dickerson and their program and their players. They deserve to win the game tonight. We didn't do um, things that we needed to do to win, uh, regardless of if that shot goes in at the end. You know, I don't, I don't think we played a game where uh, you know, we did the things that, that, that are winning basketball tonight, you know, particularly on the defensive end. Turnovers, uh, particularly early in the game with turnovers. And then uh, lastly, obviously, we didn't, we didn't take care of what we needed to on the free throw line. Thursday night football is upon us, and we have a good one tonight. The 5-4 Cincinnati Bengals travel to the Baltimore to face the 7-3 Ravens. Your running back, Keith Mitchell, has been amazing the past two weeks with 12 rushes, 172 rushing yards, and two touchdowns. He should continue to see his workload growing in Baltimore. The Ravens are favored by 3.5 points. And that'll do it for your Pirate Report. We'll be right back with more of the Patrick Johnson Show after this quick timeout. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. So uh, tonight on uh, NFL, on Prime Video, Amazon, MFL, NFL on Prime Video. That's where you'll find uh, the uh, Ravens and the Bengals playing. Pretty good game, I'd have to imagine. We get a look at uh, get a look at uh, Keaton Mitchell for East Car- uh, former East Carolina for the uh, for the uh, Ravens. Um, the only person that'll be watching Pitt play tonight will be uh, Mark Miller. That's it. He's the only person that'll be watching Pitt uh, tonight on ESPN. I believe that's who. Dom, double check that. I think it is Pitt playing tonight, the ESPN game. Could be wrong, but I, I think that's the case. So, yeah, I think he's, you'll uh, be the only person that's, that's really watching that game tomorrow. Uh, speaking of tomorrow, uh, we will have uh, Igo at noon and uh, Steve Logan. Coach Logan will be on with us at. Uh, Five o'clock. We'll be on at six. We've got Rose Rampant football coming your way uh, tonight. Six fifty will be the airtime as Rose travels to Havelock. You can hear that game right here on ninety four three. The game and the Havelock feed on one hundred two seven locally in uh, Greenville on uh, Oldies ninety four one. So good luck to the Rampants uh, tonight, Croft and RV and Scooter. It is Pitt and, and BC. Uh, Sorry, I just want to let you know it's Pitt and BC on ESPN. You're correct. Oh, okay. Yeah, Mark Miller will be the only person watching that one. Yikes. All right. uh, Tomorrow, 6, we'll talk to Shane Winkler, ECU softball coach, and Ryan Mull will be with us. We'll preview all the basketball, uh, the MTEs going on in the weekend, including ECUs. Thanks to Jim Zoki. Thanks to Dom Kosolke. We'll see you in the morning on Talk of the Town and back here tomorrow at 6 on the PJ Show. Uh, The video feed, 9.30 tomorrow morning, the PJ Show.